Hello, everyone. This is Samir Bouyan, and welcome to React, a podcast designed to help you connect with and learn from students and their journey in figuring out what they want to look forward to in life. Hey folks, welcome back to React, a podcast designed to help you connect with and learn from students with different ideas and unique mindset. In today's episode, I want to address a few questions, uh, question, excuse me, that's on everyone's mind. How much money do we need to survive the upcoming recession? It's been a crazy year and the fears of a recession are adding more fuel to the fire. Inflation is high. The stock market is acting like a high 17 year old and countries are falling apart. Of course, the war in Eastern Europe is making us all sad. Families and individuals come to that one question at the end of the day. And of course, it's about money. Doing some research, I found the following information from different advisors and analysts on how much you should have in recession savings. According to Christopher Lyman, certified financial planner with Allied Financial Advisors in Newton, Pennsylvania, Dual income families won't need to save much as much as someone with a single income, and that's super true. Two or more income families should aim for three to six months of living expensive in reserve, he said to CNBC. I mean, if you're on your own, you might want to make that closer to the six-month mark, a good rule of thumb, I guess. Maybe you should just have enough, not to worry. <laughs> not sure, um, but... It's safe to say that single-income individuals are the ones who should be more careful during this time. And when it comes to careers, entrepreneurs the most. According to Sergo Garcia, a certified financial planner at BFS Advisor Group in Dallas, entrepreneurs face more economic uncertainty than people with employers. So they should try to have more cash uh, at their disposal. I was... uh, kind of a digression to the topic, but I was listening to a podcast. Uh, Let me pull it up. Yeah, it was called Pure Capital with James Carnes and Norman Simon. And they are entrepreneurs and they were talking about how this recession really affects them. And so their latest episode, it released in May actually, but I got listening to it just about a week ago. Pretty good episode and definitely talks about how HR teams at startups kind of behave at this time. Of course, I'm digressing again. We know that you know certain people are saying that a recession has already hit, while others believe that it hasn't. Regardless of what you believe, entrepreneurs, I'm talking to entrepreneurs out there, you know, try to have more cash ready. Now, when it comes to retirees, the golden rule for the golden period is to keep updating your budgets and continue con- contributing to savings accounts. For those with a balanced portfolio of 60% stocks and 40% bonds, consider keeping approximately three years worth of anticipated withdrawals in cash, says Michael Yoder, a certified financial planner and principal at Yoder Wealth Management. So anyways, here are some thoughts regarding savings and being prepared. No one is uh, as sure what to do and what will be happening in the coming months. But these certain groups, these advisors believe that it is important to start really looking at your savings account. Of course, everyone has that idea and they believe that, you know, putting money into the bank account and the savings account isn't helpful or keeping them in your checking account, not really collecting that passive income or, you know, whatever you want to say is not a good idea. However, it is always, always important to be safe than sorry. 
So again, some people believe the recession has already hit. I know Kathy Wood uh, a couple of weeks ago was saying that, you know, it's here already. We're just really at a strong point in that Americans became financially literate and they know what to do, which is awesome. But whatever your opinions are, it is always better to be prepared. So start cutting out those Chipotle bowls or buying new shoes or whatever it is that you want to do with your fun money and reallocate it towards some safety. Always safety comes first. So this was super interesting. I mean, recessions, they come and go. However, this one is a very interesting recession given that a lot of people are predicting some crazy really crazy circumstances coming about. I mean, I'm sure you guys understand what's going on in Europe. Even if you look at West Europe, you know, countries are really rising. I guess they're seeing a high rise in prices when it comes to fuel and heat. And it's it's definitely something that's unprecedented. And I think we should definitely be safe and kind of also have some excited excitement, excuse me, to see as to what we can learn from this entire situation. Some other interesting news. The Economist Intelligence Unit released their global li- uh, livability index. Yeah, livability, livability. Anyways, livability index, ranking the top 10 best and worst place to live in the world in, the United- in 2020. 2022, excuse me. I don't know what happened. <laughs> top five on the good list, Vienna, Copenhagen, Zurich, Calgary, and Vancouver. Calgary and Vancouver, I've heard good things about. I've definitely got to take a look at that, given that I'm a bit closer to those two locations. Anyways, at number two, Indiana recently became the first state in the nation to approve abortion restrictions since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, as the Republican governor quickly signed a near-total ban on the procedure shortly after lawmakers approved it. Now, this is big in the sense that, like, this is total 100%, you know, restriction, restriction, restriction. Um, you know, the governor, the entire state assemblyman, everyone came together and they were like, yeah, 100%, we're doing this. So that was pretty interesting. Of course, immediately afterward, pharma giant Eli Lilly, one of the state's biggest employers for the last 100 years, condemned the law and said it was it would focus on future growth out of the state. You can read more at the AP Associated Press. At number three, Marriott says that despite inflation and economic fears, it's seen no drop in demand. And in fact, many of its brands have seen massive growth in the past year. Possible explanation, a culture-wide shift on spending towards experiences versus goods. And finally, how much do you think the world's most exclusive executive assistants make? The going rate for such highly qualified aides is about $200,000 a year in major cities. Those with records of making the busiest lives simpler can command as much as three hundred dollars or $400,000 a year. Pretty interesting. I know a lot of people are becoming virtual assistants, you know, through Fiverr and other uh side hustle, I guess, uh, you know, freelancing platforms. And it's really an interesting, interesting topic. Anyways, that's all for today. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. And again, please watch your spending. Please fix your budgets. Definitely be prepared for, you know, the future. And as always, stay strong, stay safe, stay hungry, stay a little foolish, but most importantly, stay happy. Bye-bye.